Alrighty, everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you the latest episode of Monday Madness on August 22nd, 2022. Not only that, but I'm bringing you some big news. You likely know this company as many things. Advisor, business developer, consultors, content distributor. Truly, the list is never-ending. Still, we continue to grow, and we can now add another hat to the company's already very crowded head, Operator. That's right, I know content has been a little bit slow, but it's been because the team is busy getting that up off the ground. We hung signs and got familiar with the Bakersfield properties last week, and we have indeed hit the ground running. Exciting stuff, and I feel very lucky to be a member of this team. But you didn't come here to listen to some young engineer boast about the ultra-cool professional endeavors he's involved in. You came to get the scoop on the biggest statistics and most revealing stories within the world of energy. Let's get to it. First, of course, commodity prices. Early this morning, the WTI price sits about 87.42. Now, don't be alarmed. I know that sounds a little bit low, but it's been doing the same thing we saw over the past three weeks. It spends all week getting up to somewhere between 90 and 92, only to falter right at the end and fall back below 90 by Monday. As a matter of fact, the price spiked at about $91 this morning before getting wrecked by some early volatility. Now, I'm researching this portion at about 8 a.m. Pacific time, so I think it is totally likely the price gets back to about $89 by end of day, but nobody can be certain. I don't see a ton of changes in current events that would suggest significant upward pressure later this week, so a $90 barrel will be about the norm. On the brighter side, natural gas gained almost a dollar from Friday to now. It spent most of last week between $9 and $9.50, but nearly smashed the $10 mark this morning before pulling back to around $9.70. Looks like we've got a nice head and shoulders pattern on this bullish trend, implying that natural gas shouldn't become too much more valuable than the $10 mark, if not less, at least in the short term. Natural gas is becoming a hotter topic as temperatures cool down. Supplies are growing tighter as everyone rushes to stuff as much as they can into storage before the winter. I anticipate natural gas will stay around $9, if not higher, through winter. I just don't think it is a question of supply so much as it is a question of capacity. Russia was responsible for a gargantuan amount of gas delivery, thanks to the insane amount of infrastructure, but it is foolish to think we can circumvent that infrastructure or replace it in a short amount of time. In short, WTI will have its turn to be in the spotlight later this year, but for now, natural gas will be running up to crazy prices through winter. Next, of course, is the rig count. The past two weeks have shown shrinkage, though last week's could be argued as a freak accident. Nonetheless, I believe I said everyone should remain calm unless we saw the third week in a row of a net decrease. Well, that week is here as the latest report shows a one rig decrease to 762. This leaves us up 259 rigs on the year. This is the longest streak of rig decreases we've seen in 2022. Basin by basin, change was minimal as we saw the Canna Woodford and Permian each drop a rig. Otherwise, there was no change. State by state, we see that New Mexico bounced back from a recent rig decrease and added two to their total. Everyone else maintained except for Texas, who dropped three. The Gulf of Mexico saw no change. While it is possible everyone is slowing their growth in the drilling space, it could also be a temporary response to falling commodity prices. Yes, oil was closer to $1.20 not too long ago, but a $90 barrel is still an excellent price. It seems producers are just more excited to exercise capital discipline, which isn't the worst idea, considering the fallout of the shale revolution. 
Lastly, we're going to look at the state of domestic inventories. While we didn't release a Thirsty Thursday report last week, our intern, Nick Fernhout, will be taking over this week. Until then, I'll get you caught up on the latest data. The EIA predicted a meager quarter million barrel drawdown, but reported a dramatic seven million barrel drawdown, which was a much needed one after a few weeks of builds. The API seems to disagree as they predicted a drawdown of 117,000 barrels and still undershot it, but by only 300,000 barrels. So I can't tell you why there's a six and a half million barrel discrepancy between these two agencies, but I can tell you that this did wonders for commodity prices at the end of last week. Even gasoline saw a big drawdown at 4.6 million barrels. This did not stop the fall of American gasoline prices as they quickly approach what they were before the Russian fiasco. This still leaves them very high, and if I had to bet, I don't really see them staying this low for that long. Regardless, the U.S. average gasoline price is below $4 per gallon, which is something we can all be happy about. Dislate stocks experience a small build, which was expected for the time period, and propane continues to hug the low side of its five-year historical range. Healthy commodity prices, a decreased rig count, and diminishing inventories. Lots of mixed news this week that will likely hold commodity prices right about where they are. Next up, a little piece of information that Anthony McDaniels brought to our attention. WTI traders have decreased their net long positions for the fourth week in a row. Because of this, net long positions remain at their lowest level since, get this, April of 2020, the month when oil prices went negative for the first time in history. This isn't unique to just WTI, as those who trade Brent are exhibiting the same behavior by reducing long positions and adding to shorts. We at Rare Petro are incredibly confused as we constantly harp on dozens of reasons why we feel commodities are just in the infancy of an incredible upswing. Still, we don't know everything, so we will continue to read the writing on the wall, though our bullish attitude stands. Now for a look at the EU. They drew a line in the sand when they drafted the ban on seaborne imports of Russian oil that would be implemented on the 5th of December. Thing is, they've been routinely reaching over that line to get real friendly with Russia. Last week, seaborne exports of Russian crude rose to their highest level since April, according to Bloomberg data. While there are exemptions built into the impending ban for those who cannot find alternatives or rely too heavily on Russian-supplied energy, just about everybody is importing it as seaborne crude finds its ways to the Mediterranean, Black Sea, and Northern Europe coastlines. From there, it will be mixed into other large stock tanks and be forgotten, though Russia will have already pocketed the profits. I'm more excited to see what happens in the coming weeks. I predict that Russian crude will continue to become more and more valuable as people secure enough oil to get them through the winter so that new solutions will hopefully be developed by the time that supply runs out. You might be asking yourself, what? what? Doesn't that completely nullify the effectiveness of the ban? Yes. Yes, it does. Makes it a great show of political theater as people pretend to continue to oppose Russia's war, but their pocketbooks don't lie. It would seem that Russia is doing its best to play along. New news suggests that Russia may cut all gas deliveries for three days from the Nord Stream to Germany due to unplanned maintenance. This pushed European benchmark prices up as much as 25% in a single day. The maintenance is hoping to address issues at the Trent 60 gas station and will be requiring services from Siemens. Gas deliveries from the pipelines are at 20% capacity, and some folks worry that this will be the final nail in the coffin. This is likely why U.S. natural gas prices are up so much today. Work will be started on August 31st, so keep your eyes peeled. 
Even if deliveries aren't halted, Russia will be making more money on energy sales than it would have without announcing the news. At this point, I feel like Russia just makes vague, empty threats, and commodity prices increase, and then all of Europe buys as much energy as they can get their hands on before winter. They turn a blind eye to each other as they hand more money to Russia, who simply has to make another idle threat to turn a larger profit. It's laughable. Russia's ruble continues to gain some strength, though it has cooled off in recent weeks. But the country's economic position only continues to improve. Folks, this is a strange set of circumstances, but I can guarantee you that it is anything but the end of conventional energy. Oil may still be at relative price highs, but a gallon of crude will still cost you less than a gallon of milk. The stuff is really so cheap and useful that I don't see the world abandoning it as they claim. There's plenty of information to sift through, so I'll propose a deal to you, dear listener. We at Rare Petro will continue to research and do all the heavy lifting. We will write podcasts, conduct interviews with industry leaders, and continue to construct excellent content. All you have to do is click that little follow button. Sound like a deal? Good. I can't hold you to it, but I do appreciate a good handshake deal. That brings us to the end of this episode. You can find tons of other content on www.rarepetro.com. Otherwise, wait patiently for another podcast and check our LinkedIn to be notified whenever we post something new. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. And until we see you next time, take care, everybody. 